Longtime business consultant and business coach Scott Weaver shares his vast knowledge on what a winning business strategy looks like. Coming up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Veteran entrepreneurs like you need a website address that'll make you stand out. Choose a .us domain. .us is easy to remember and connects your cause, business, or idea with the country you've served. Reserve your .us domain name for just $1 for a whole year at launchwith.us. All right, we're talking to Scott Weaver from Arise to Live. Scott, before we get to talking about you know your consulting business and your business coaching and, and all the other aspects of business that you're involved in, take us back and tell us what your background is. Yeah, thank you, Joe, for inviting me here. I'm pretty excited about this. My background is I pretty much lived the whole life in the Pacific Northwest, grew up part in Idaho and Oregon, so um, always kind of in the rural areas, so there's a lot of support for the military and things like that. Showing my age here, I uh, went to uh, college in the Reagan years and the big military build up there, and I went down to the recruiting, I was interested in ROTC for the Army, and that was motivated because my dad was in the Army, he served in uh France in the early 60s. But at the time, everything was really peaceful. I think the biggest thing that really happened was uh, we took care of Grenada and uh, it was pretty boring. So with the wisdom of an 18-year-old, I decided not to go into ROTC and just go into an engineering background. And when I was in school, I was heavily recruited to join um, Navy ROTC because A, I was short and two, I had electrical engineering, so they wanted me for the submarine. But there's just something about being in a confined space that never appealed to me. But looking back, had I gone into the Armour ROTC, there was a very good chance I would have been in the first Iraqi war. And that would have been, I think, a major change um, in my life's direction. So it's really interesting how at 18, I was making these life decisions, but I didn't know that I was making life decisions. So, But once you get on the path, you just continue. Uh, my path has been pretty good. So I encourage all of the people out there to continue on the path you're in and not to take too many second uh, doubts. And so you got into corporate America, more or less, uh, coming out of college? Um, I think more or less describes it. My first job out of college was a, a pseudo-startup. It was a software company designing computer chips, and it ad- actually failed a couple months before I graduated. But a Japanese company had invested and bought out the software part. And I came in as employee number 46. But at the time, I think we only had employee 20 employees at the time. And that kind of launched the career. I did that for a couple of years. And then the startup field is pretty up and down. Went to a larger company. And in the Seattle area, and then after that went to Oregon, and uh, was briefly at Hewlett Packard, and then Agilent, and then the adventures really started. I thought I was getting stability in corporate America. I got paid well, good benefits, but over the course of four and a half years, I had one desk and four companies I worked for, and number five was going on, was on the way, and I just couldn't handle it anymore. It was just 
this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I want my life to be. So I quit corporate America, quit my engineering, high paying engineering job, and went back to school to get a master's in business. Hmm. And actually it was a two year, two year degree and did not work during that time, which actually was, it was good. I didn't have to do double duty. Then coming out of that, I was a CEO of a technology startup coming out of Oregon State University, and that was in solar cell coatings. We had a there was a new invention that is pretty cool. It allows more light to go through glass, and all sorts of uh, scientific trickery to do that. And I was CEO of that company trying to get that started, and I did that for a couple of years. Turned out the technology was not as developed as promised, and I had to go back to the drawing board a couple times to meet uh, industry standards. But after that, 2011, that's when I launched my consulting business. And just this year, I've launched the business coaching. And to help kind of understand the difference between consulting and coaching, consulting is being asked to solve a particular problem and then going doing it yourself. Coaching is going into the company for the business owners and teaching them how to solve their own problems and helping them grow personally and grow their company and have better connections with their family. And why I went that direction is nearly every consulting job I had turned into coaching for the CEO or the owner of the business. And so I, this year I decided to make it official. So I know several people that are business consultants, and what I found is as a consultant – you see the business from a different perspective than the CEO or the employees. And, and really, a consultant from the outside looking in really ends up understanding the ins and outs of the business and what's, what's going wrong and what's going right so much better than the people that are in the business themselves. Like they're almost when you're, when you're running the business yourself, you're almost blind to the things you're doing wrong or, or even sometimes the things you're doing right. Yes, I, I agree with that. You know, from my CEO experience, um, actually most owners and CEOs do understand their business, but they're way too close to the problem. Their business is a very emotional activity. It's not, people always say it isn't, you're supposed to be logical and here's, you know, the four-step process to get your results. But no, business is very, very emotional. Um, I've experienced the ups and downs, swings and emotions in my own business when I was CEO as well as being an employee going through rounds of layoffs and um, taking out your, your competitor. So it's like, you know, I go in, I have an arm's length. I can see from a different perspective, a little broader, whereas a lot of the owners and the CEOs, it's like a doctor trying to do surgery on themselves. They're just way too close. And so that's where I come in and, and I think provide the greatest value. Is to, you know, it's identifying what they're doing right, what's being wrong, where they're kind of so close to the problem they can't see it overall. And my particular talent is I can connect the dots very well. I can connect financial with process, people with the vision, and making sure that they're all aligned to to move forward. And I guess in the beginning you were more in business as a as an engineer. And then after after you get the MBA, you went back more as a businessman, not necessarily. Even though it was a, even though it was technology, you were still involved in. Um, w- how much of your knowledge and experience that allows you to be a good consultant did you have before you actually started consulting, or 
you know, were, were you automatically a great consultant from day one when you started consulting or did you kind of have to learn like any other thing? You had to learn the business and get better as you went along. Well, to answer, it's both. So I already had a propensity as an engineer, a problem solver. I learned how to work on teams. I was a tech leader and had a team in Malaysia. And so I really learned how to do virtual teams. Uh, and this was early on, so I had mm-hmm. advantage there. And I'd already had this as a leader. So it wasn't consulting, but as a leader, solving problems, working with people you know, overseas, and pulling that together. And then when I had took the CEO part, where once again, I had to work on teams, I had to debug problems, um, had to work with difficult people, and then pull them together. And then when I went in consulting, I already had a background that I can transfer those skills into the consulting part. But still, I had to learn the craft of the business, the subtleties, um, how do you communicate. There's an ancient proverb that goes, making knowledge acceptable. And that is the challenge for me because – you know, engineering is, here's the formula, here's the answer, it's obvious, you know, this is the way to go. But a lot of times when the owners and people in the company are too close, the answer is not obvious. So one of the skills I had to do, and which I'm still learning, is that making knowledge acceptable for them to make the changes. And then another thing that I've really learned is you never stop learning. You always have to keep up with things, um, get different perspectives. And I learn from my clients. A lot of times they have a problem, I have to think about it, and then I would have to go uh, behind the scenes, do research on their company, do research on the industry, and that was unpaid. But to be good at what I was doing and to really help the clients, those are things I needed to do. And I try to learn as much as I can from mentors. And that's um, I, I think that's key for whatever you're doing, mentorship, um, being a mentor to other people. Is very helpful in our growth and being mentored by people. And so one of the, I guess, military connections I do have is that I became president of a local incubator, a business incubator in Corvallis, Oregon. And on the board of directors, there was two Vietnam veterans. Uh, one was a Marine and one was uh, in the Army. And both of them became my mentor and each brought a different perspective one was um, enlisted. The other one was uh, a fairly high-ranking officer. And there was times where they supported me. There was times where they they chewed me out, <laughs> um, which I deserved. So getting back to answer your question, you know, yes, I had the skills to be a con- consultant when I launched in 2011. And at the time I was, you know, it was actually fairly good at it. But to reach that level of excellent, excellence, I had to learn, had to get mentors, and uh, had to do a lot of stuff for myself. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. My goal is to help veteran entrepreneurs like you thrive and grow. So trust me when I say choosing the right web address for your business is crucial. It needs to be short, relevant, and easy to remember. But it's hard to find one that's still available. I have the solution. Choose a .us domain for your business. With .us, you can connect your cause, business, or idea with the country you've served. Plus, .us is distinctive and easy to remember, so your business will stand out. A short and relevant .us web address helps with building brand recall, which can also drive increased site traffic. Best of all, .us has availability, giving you a better chance of getting the exact domain name you want. You'll be in good company with some of the country's heavy hitters, like Zoom.us and MasterCard.us, 
Reserve your .us web address today while there's still availability. I've arranged a special offer to help you get started. Register your .us domain for just $1 for a full year. Plus, you'll get three months of Weebly Website Builder for free. Don't wait. Let .us serve you. For my special offer, go to launchwith.us. That's launchwith.us. All right, we're back talking with Scott Weaver from Arise to Live Business Consulting and Business Coaching. So, Scott, when you were heavily involved in in technology as an engineer and then and then business with the MBA and even even CEO role, like a lot of military folks, and when they're getting out of the military, they're they're you know it's a perfect time to transition and make that jump, not only just in the civilian sector, but make that jump into entrepreneurship. What, what was it like for you? When, when you jumped out of corporate America where, you know, quote, you know, one of those stable jobs and going into the unstable uh, arena of entrepreneurship with your consulting business? Wow, that's a good question, Joe. There was a lot. So I was married. Actually, I'm still married. So I had to <laughs> so convince my dead. wife. <laughs> yeah, I've been married for 25 years. And awesome. she's, uh, I call her my chief psychologist officer. It keeps me sane. <laughs> to, but she likes stability. She likes the, the constant paycheck, the predictable schedule. And so one of the things I had to do is convince her that this is what I wanted to do. And the other part was I, I just felt that uh, I needed to do more in life, that um, it was one thing to make products and make computer chips. But there's another thing to influence people and try to make life better. And that actually is an engineering. Engineering is the the place between uh, science and uh, civilization, you know, taking the science and making life better. But going through that process, it was a two-year process. But I just got really discount, uh, discontented, unhappy. And then there was this guy, which I liked a lot. He was about 30 years older than me and we're in this cube farm and I'm like, we're almost doing the exact same job. I'm like, I cannot, I cannot be in this cube for the next 30 years. I was just going bonkers. And this is, this is really interesting there. You reach this go or no go decision Mm -hmm. and you just, you just have to do it. You either go or you don't go and you uh, stop trying it. And one of the major things that I did is, you know, going through the family talk, I have, Kids, they were younger. They were listening in about it. And all of a sudden, it's like, can I afford, from a financial side, can I afford to quit? Because that's a big, big step, and there's going to be financial uncertainty. And then the thought came up, can I afford not to? Would I be setting a bad example for my kids of being afraid to step out? And that made the decision. It's like, I cannot teach my kids to be afraid. You know, even though inside I was, I was extremely nervous. I was afraid. The engineering mind, I, I've calculated the hundred ways that things are going to go wrong, and like only one way to go right. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of the deciding is like, this is who I want to be. This is where I want to go. And yeah, I know the road's going to be tough ahead, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, the the irony of the you know the stable corporate job working for the company, whatever. The irony is, is there's that. There's that false sense of security that definitely having the job is safe and secure. And it, you, granted, you do get to rely on a steady paycheck, like like we do when we're in the military. But 
you really don't have any control over your destiny whatsoever. And all of a sudden one day you come into work and find out the company's been bought and everyone's gone, you know, or, or the company goes bankrupt or whatever. I mean, so there is that, you know, financial stability and that steady paycheck, but it, it, most of the time it's not, it's not nearly as stable as the employees think it is. No, it's a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. I went through multiple layoffs and they were, they were tough. And I think probably, you know, you as a consultant, you come into a business and you're seeing it from the inside out and you're looking out there at, you know, a hundred employees or whatever. And you're thinking, man, if these people only knew what was going on in here, (laughs) these people only knew how this business is hanging on by a thread, you know? Well, actually I don't go in and think that way. I think what skills, how can I, how can I help these employees? Mm -hmm. I was working with a, a truck broker company and they had 15 employees and they had some cash flow issues. And uh, as woman owned, she did not, she only had a couple college classes. That's the highest of her education, but she was very good at what she did. And more is she gave people second chances. So the first time there I was, I was, you know, surveying, seeing what the quality people is and, you know, they smile, they were friendly and, these people are around 25 years old and they were missing teeth in which in Oregon is a symptom of they were former meth users. Mm. I'm like, Oh, what, you know, first time I was like, what's going on in this company? But I found out this owner, um, recognized character in these people. And when we went through and we were debugging what had to do and found out she didn't have enough management. In fact, she was running the whole company. It was a $5 million company and she's running all by herself and no management, which was a huge, huge mistake. She promoted, a very talented young lady who basically needed a second chance in life. And so I don't look at it as like, oh, this company's in trouble. These employees better be trying to figure out. I think of what can I do to get this company so they're successful so that this owner and this company can continue to provide the funds for these people who in this particular company was getting a second chance in life. Yeah. And you know, what was your, what was your mindset or did you have to change your mindset when you went from being an employee coming out and now you're an entrepreneur and a business consultant? Huge, huge, huge mind mindset. But I think whenever there's trenches in life, you have to, there's, there's a mindset change and it's difficult. It took me months and months to, to get through it. But one of the things before this podcast, I wrote down a couple of things to help on that transition. And one is the financial is big. And you just can't jump out willy-nilly. You have to plan ahead. And that is having adequate savings, not only to live, but also to invest. And, you know, everybody's a little different. But the rule of thumb is trying to have three to six months of reserves um, in case something happens. But if you're really launching, you probably want to have a year advance. But don't let that stop you jumping out because once you start earning money, you have income coming in. But if you don't have any financial reserves, I would not recommend taking the jump out until you saved up enough. And the other is, this is a going back to the mindset change, is the why. You have to have a bigger purpose than just instead of working for somebody for a job, creating your own job in your own business. Because at the end of the day, it's still a job. You have to have a bigger purpose in life, whether it's um, taking a great idea to help people or I'm going to treat employees better than the, than the boss that I have now. And the other thing is on, on this why is if you are running from something 
and you launch a business, that is a real that's a huge red flag because you're not running to something in business. You have to be moving forward. You can't be running from something. And uh, so that's one of the mindsets is the grass may not be necessarily greener on the side, but you need to have a big, big purpose, a big why. And the other big mindset, especially if you have a lot of talent, which I know many of your audience does, is you need to get help. One of the very first things I learned about business is business is people coming together to do what nobody can do by themselves. And so you have kind of have to set your ego aside. You're going to have to accept different ways of doing things. But your leadership and your teamwork can move you farther along. If you're solo, it, it's really it's really tough to succeed. There's just too much to know, too much to do, and too many pressures to go. Yeah, I've noticed that my just in myself, where like when I jumped into entrepreneurship, I, I really liked the idea of being solo and doing things on my own and doing what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. But I quickly realized that one, you can't do everything, um, and you shouldn't be doing everything. And two, it, it's a lot more fun to have people in on your team, and it's a lot more fun to work with people than work do, trying to figure out everything on your own. It's just you got to get the right people. But I, yes. I think that's kind of, I think, you know, coming out of the Marine Corps, I think that's why I wanted to go do things on my own because I just had this perception that, well, if I'm doing things on my own, I won't have to deal with employees or I won't have to, you know, there won't be any conflicts with people I'm working with. But what I realized was, well, you just, if you find the right people, you're not going to have to deal with employee problems and, and, and conflict anyway. So um, it's just so much better. And you, your chance for success goes up dramatically when you have good people on your team that are coming along with you. So um, it took me a while to figure that out, but um, it's so true. Yeah, that's the, the mindset. And glad, glad you did because I work with some people who haven't made that, and that's really tough. Yeah. The other thing in the transition is, um, a lot of times when you're going from a job to your own business is you're going from one boss to many bosses. Hmm. And the first boss that you have to report to, <laughs> you find out very quickly, is you got to pay taxes. So it's the government, the federal and the state and the local. you got to report to them. Hmm. And uh, they're, they're, they can be pretty pretty brutal um, if you don't do the, the right – if you don't file taxes on time or pay on time. Uh, the other – this is what I learned as CEO is – you have to report to your customers and then you have to report to your board of directors and then you have to report to your wife and then you have to report to, um, so you find out that you're actually report, you have more bosses than you had when you're working by yourself. <laughs> and this gets back into why your why has to be really big because if you're just creating a new job for yourself and you just created five new bosses for yourself, life is going to be very difficult and you're going to be frustrated and probably fail in the business and then be back in a job. But if your why is very big and you go like, wait, this is what I do. I'm reaching out to people. I think for you and your podcast, and it's like, I know I can help a lot of people. So I'm going to bring on a team. I'm going to figure out how to do my taxes. I'm going to hire somebody to do my taxes for me. And then, then you start seeing how you are helping not only your audience, but when you pay people to, to help you, you're helping them financially to do what they're good at. And then that frees you up to do what you're good at. Hey, so Scott, do you have a, uh, you have like a top five or top six, whatever list of, as a consultant, you've been doing consulting for a long time now. 
the most common mistakes small business owners make or you, you see themes and trends all the time or is it just you know totally random or dependent on the business or the business owner? Uh, there's definitely themes. Yeah. Um, the the first one is not understanding cash flow. Hmm. I, I know it's it's obvious, but there's so so many. Usually, especially if they're they're skilled at what they do. So cash flow is the total amount coming in and the total amount coming out, and which is much bigger than just the product. Most of the the business owners are very good at knowing. Um, what it costs to build their their product and service and how much it costs. And then that's where they stop. And then they fail to realize that, oh, I need to buy a printer or I need to get a, get a truck, you know, to better deliver to the customers. Or, oh, wait, uh, rule of thumb is 8 to 10% of my total revenues is marketing. And, and so that's where they get in trouble is that uh, they don't understand the full cash flow issues. And then they fail up to save for equipment that they need that will wear out in a couple of years. And then all of a sudden they're stuck with a $50,000 or $70,000 bill that they don't have the cash to do it. And the other part is they only manage the cash flow or the, the finances on their business and separate it too much from their family. Hmm. So the business can be successful in making a small profit. But the family is suffering because you're not making enough money to transfer to your family. And so that's another common the common thing. Uh, the other is finding trusted advisors and managers. Mm. Because those type of personalities are different than the owner. The owner always has gumption. They always have a drive to move forward. And they're trying to organize. But the people surrounding what they need is not the same. If they had the same personality and gumption and drive, they would have their own business. But these personalities need a leader and they want to get a great idea. They want to jump on board and they want to move that forward. And so as an owner, they don't let those type of people do their thing um, because it's done in a different way. But the owners that are successful have, they don't let them do whatever they want, but they take a step back and let the talent around them do what they do best. And then they kind of like, guide and steer giving a football analogy is a lot of business owners don't realize that they're the head coach and their employees and their team is on the field they're not on the field they're coaching from it if they find themselves on the field all the time then they're wrong yeah definitely you can't be a head coach and quarterback at the same time and so they so as owner one of the things is they don't find their stars they don't find the quarterback or 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 that key blocker, you know, to keep the defense out, and then, then they don't win. So that was one. And the third, I'll, I'll just give three. One is the cash flow. One is not finding the people that you need for your team that you can trust and let them go. And the final one is they don't grow themselves. They don't care, take care of their body. They don't care of their emotional state. They don't care, take care of their spiritual state. Hmm. And things just break down from them. And there are the linchpin of their company. They're the linchpin. So many people depend on it, on themselves, and they just don't care. They don't eat right, don't sleep right, and then that's where they fail. So a lot of times I go into the coaching part is, what are you doing? Are you having a regular exercise? And I mentioned that most uh, major corporations you know, will pay for health, um, like a gym, and the CEO needs to get up at 4.30 or 5.30 and hit the gym at 5.30 for an hour to maintain 
their health so they'd be at, at peak peak condition or just getting back that they can recharge themselves emotionally and spiritually. A uh, famous example is Bill Gates takes a full week away from when he was running Microsoft. He would take a full week and just work on strategy, be around by himself, and just kind of it, – it's, it's part recharging. It's part rethinking, but getting away from the daily grind. And a lot of, lot of business owners don't do that, and then they just get stuck in a rut, and then they wonder why things aren't moving forward or they're going down. Yeah. Now, did that come as a surprise to you where here you're coming in to help consult with businesses and fix problems and stuff and all of a sudden you're having a heart-to-heart with the business owner like, hey man, you need to go to the gym or you need to eat right or you need to go spend more time with your family. Was was that a surprise to you when you first started? It was only a surprise in the first three months. (laughs) And then I quickly realized that when I was when I was CEO, I did the exact same thing. Uh, I, you know, I've lived, I've lived the ownership, I've lived it, and I know how hard it is. And um, you know, I get so focused on a problem that sometimes I forget to eat, and that's where this, my support team comes in and gets on my case. Sometimes, especially if it's a long time, it's like I'm not exercising, I don't have time to eat right, so I'll grab fast food. I have to get extra caffeine. The next thing I know, I've gained five pounds, and I got to lose it again. So no, it's not a surprise because I've lived it and I, I understand the thinking. And so that's how I can go in and um, say, hey, you know, to reach your goals, you need to take two steps back, get your exercise, get your proper sleep because you will accomplish more in doing than than otherwise. Yeah. And a rule of thumb that I kind of kind of use, a lot of people use this is is to take one day off. You can go farther on six days work and one day of rest, then you can go 24-7 because you just wear yourself after a couple months. And just having that one day a week downtime, you can actually run at a much, much faster pace than you can just nonstop. Interesting. Hey, Scott, we're getting close to the end of our time. So you actually have the Arise to Live podcast. And how do we find you there? So the Arise to Live podcast is at Arise number two live.com so rise to live.com and also that's we'll have the information for my coaching Mm -hmm. and that's the best place to find your get in touch with you if somebody wants to look at you as potential uh business consultant or yeah the website is really good there's a lot of places you can sign up for my newsletter you can also reach me at coaching at arise to live.com so either through the website or through um, my email at coaching at arise to live.com Great. So I'll give you the last word, Scott. You know, if you're talking to somebody that's in the military or they're going through a transition right now and they really want to start their own business and run their own show, what kind of initial advice would you have for them to get started? Two things. One is to identify a very big why and approach it from how am I going to thrive, not survive, but thrive, and then set up the financial foundation so that you can be successful. Yeah, so two things, the big why and the financial foundation to get going. Great. All right, Scott. Well, thanks uh, for sharing your oh, uh, thank business you, Joe. advice. I mean, that's a wealth of uh, good information um, for small business owners. And uh, I know you've learned a lot over several years and, and seen a lot you know, from the, on the inside of uh, getting a chance to see the business from the inside and um, fix stuff. Um, 
I know I said that was the last word before, but I just thought of something else. I, I was kind of curious. Okay. What's, what's it feel like? Like you think of an example or you don't even need to do specifics, but what's it feel like when you walk in and you come into a business, they hire you as a consultant and a coach and you see the whole place just completely turn around because of your help? I am on cloud nine. Yeah. Uh, going back to that truck broker, they were on the ropes. Um, they had creditors after that. And we got that thing turned out. We got it worked out. And I just, when I walked in, I see all the employees. I see the owner not having to work. She brought in, promoted two managers. So she was working less. She started telling about how she got to, went to the football game. Her son was playing on the f- local football team. And I think I told you about that, the second chance mm-hmm. where I saw that young lady. She actually brought her young baby in and still smiled at me <laughs> with missing teeth. But she was wearing good clothes. She was very calm. And, and her personality was was really coming out. And, and just the turnaround was so much. And, and my, I just went on cloud nine. And I, I still get excited. In fact, I'm probably rambling right now because I got so excited. So. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that, Scott. Uh, look forward to your future success. And uh, you've been a business consultant for, for a long time and um, just got your business coaching side of things uh, officially going, even though you've actually been doing coaching as part of your consulting yes. business. So um, great to see you formalize that. So good luck to you. And we look forward to seeing your future success. All right. Well, thanks uh, for having me on your show. All right, you bet. All right, we're Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.